0: Hi there, Dave Levine here. Thanks for joining me for this special episode of the Sports Stories Podcast. This is episode number 33 and dedicated to the great work and charity that my guest has just completed an incredible challenge for. That is Rob Burrow and the Motor Neurone Disease Association. Yes, and my special guest is therefore Kevin Simfield, MBE. I'm delighted to have Kev with me only a couple of weeks from completing seven marathons in seven days, all in under four hours with a group of close mates all in aid of the MND Association and Rob Burrow. For those who don't know Rob, Rob has a close friend and teammate of Kev's for many years at Leeds Rhinos and has been diagnosed with this cruel disease. I'm really excited and honored to have Kev with me today to talk through some of his past and also how this has influenced and impacted on him over the past year. I know Kev is a giver and a helper and I know he won't disappoint in being honest with his insights and reflections. So. Go grab a cuppa, find some time for yourself, plug in your headphones, or do whatever you do when listening to your podcasts. You may want to jot some of your reflections or takeaways down, so why not go grab a pen? Kevin and the team have currently raised over £2.6 million for MNDA, and if you haven't already donated and wish to do so, then please have a look at the show notes or a link to the JustGiving page. Every pound I know is really appreciated. So let's dive in and let's me give a very warm welcome to my special guest on today's Sports Stories podcast, Mr. Kevin Simfield, MBE, also referred to by some as Sir Kev. Kev, thanks for joining me on this Sports Stories podcast. You know, I appreciate your time being pretty pretty manic over the last few days or so, and the last year. Um, just as a kickoff, I and um, what a year, you know, what a last couple of weeks. How are you, mate? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh... good. You know, still sort of buoyed by the last month in particular. Um, work has been incredibly challenging throughout the as It has been for everybody. So, um, I think for us as a club to continue with those improvements that we've made to win the yeah. Challenge Cup, um, to make the playoffs, albeit it was a very different playoff to what we set off um, back in February with. So, our young players have been outstanding um i do feel we've made some huge improvements especially from sort of a cultural environment perspective i think we've made some some you know some massive gains yeah. but then the the last month has, has sort of been incredible as you know so yeah. you know you, but but i'm really really good uh really really content um and i've just had the best week of my life so yeah. a bit of that as you miss it you know you miss right you miss that interaction you know that day to day excitement of of running and laughing and having a good time together, but also understanding that, you know, the wave of support behind the awareness we generated, the money we generated um, was always going to make a huge difference. So to be able to, especially in the road to Christmas now, because yeah. it's such a special time and you know, I fully believe it's about giving. So um, for our team to be able to do that for seven days and still to be, yeah. I suppose, Riding the good vibes that came from that um, has been great. It's been a you know great December.
0: Yeah, well, Kev, for you to say it's been one of the best weeks of your life, and to to follow a career you've had, it must have been some special week as well. You know, given that you know you've had some pretty high highs as well throughout your career as well.
1: Yeah, I've been extremely lucky. Um, I played in some wonderful teams and got some great memories. But um, you sort of think throughout that journey. Um, the satisfaction that you've had at different times but I've probably had nothing that has given me the satisfaction like that those seven days did um, and what's come after that just because um, when you're playing in your winter office yeah you make a difference but um, it's a very very different difference yeah to, to where we find ourselves now in that MND community helping our good mate Rob yeah but the work with the M and D association and sort of the the widespread feeling of providing a little bit of hope for that M and D community that have suffered for so long. I never got that from rugby. You can't you can't get that from winning trophies and, and right. rugby. You can get it from in you, within your team. You know, you help people and you, you get satisfaction from that and you understand that your performances affect the mood of your supporters and your spectators yeah. and, and your yeah. partners and corporates. Um, but this is very different. This yeah, is very you, different. So, did,
0: did did you know that before you took on the challenges? You know, the the, the satisfaction, the kind of difference in feeling.
1: No, I th- I think I've done a number of things, different things for charity since yeah. I finished playing, and they've been really important for a couple of reasons. Firstly, to give something back, yeah. to be able to try and use um, whatever profile was left from your playing career and use it in a good way to to help people. Uh but then I think also selfishly as well. I think there's gotta be, I spoke to this a fair bit to my wife in the aftermath of this, because selfishly I think you've got to have some drive and some willingness to to take your body somewhere and really test yourself, albeit it's for a brilliant cause, but there's a selfish part of that that what re- you still really want to test yourself. And that's what the seven in seven gave me. It gave me an opportunity to really challenge myself to really See if when thrown back in that team environment with those five other brilliant mates of mine, um, can we still deliver some of that special? Um, so it was twofold and absolutely didn't know was brilliant. When you combine the two, it's so powerful, Dave.
0: Yeah for me as a as a kind of watcher watching in from afar and also just seeing the response it, it it's been an amazing event and an amazing journey just to to share it with you actually and, and to be on on side and see but you know what 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 i'm curious about is also digging back a little bit deeper and seeing you know the person kev you know the person that's come through this and how how you've come to to this place and this way of thinking and you know it's been quite some journey so can i go back there's um a quote that's been attributed to you and there's been lots of quotes that's been attributed to you in the press and so on over the last you know month or so but one of them was you know not all not all heroes wear capes um and you know if we look at you as a hero okay look you've done something that really mattered to you and your mate uh, and, a, and a group of friends as well going back into your childhood or back into your early days in sport how did you grow some of these characteristics where do they all come from
1: yeah, I think to start with, you know, it's a lovely thing that's certainly been put our way. Um, you know, I don't view anything what we did earlier this month as heroic. Yeah. Um, we're just trying to help a mate. Um, yeah, it might have been a different version of trying to help a mate, you know, doing yeah. seven marathons, but actually um, it was just something we really wanted to do as well. Yeah. So um, to have that thrown at us is, is brilliant. Um, you know, really, really kind. We loved every minute of it. If if you're asking me to think back of of how and why, I I couldn't tell you. I don't I had, had a normal upbringing. I've got an older brother and an older sister. Yeah, she had a bedroom with me, older brother till I we're fifteen. So he clearly had a huge influence on me. Yeah. Um, he's three and a half years above. Sister's five and a half years above. So um, of course they had a huge influence on me. And then my parents parents have such um, an impact on you those early years and then still do now. So yeah. and then probably, you know, twenty years ago tomorrow, I first met my wife, so the wow. impact she's had on me, um, you know, and and the support that they've all given me, but especially the last twenty years, you know, my wife in particular has yeah. uh, has seen some really tough moments for me in my career, but also um absolutely been there no matter what. So if you're asking me what brought me here probably a combination of all those people and those friends as well, those friendships I've had of my close friends. Um you know I've been very lucky that um the friends that I've surrounded myself with, if you like, and I didn't pick them they just you end up friends with, with people who are yeah. don't you but you do um you know, there's a there's an old saying I use quite quite a bit from one of my old coaches used to say to us, But if if you lie with dogs, you'll get fleas. Uh and it's so true. And so that group of friends you end up being close to is yeah. is probably really important to how you shape and how you grow and how you improve. And um yeah, I don't know, if I'm honest to but just what did they bring that group of friends? Because it's a phenomenal story
0: again, and you know, I, I, I smile when you say about you know you, you don't choose your friends or, or do you choose your
1: friends? What do you think that group have really brought to you? Um, yeah, I think I, uh, I'm not sure, Dave. I, th- I think yeah. they have probably helped me grow, yeah, and helped me improve in in different ways. And and I think yeah. you you're constantly learning. And I think if you surround yourself with the right people and good people, yeah. You're constantly picking up good good traits and you're constantly picking up good habits. And they just help and whether that's even subconsciously, I'm sure there's things that
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, especially a lot of my teammates, a lot of my teammates throughout that period will, will have done. And and you learn very quickly. I you know, we we've done some I've done it a couple of times throughout my playing career, some personality profiling.
0: Right.
1: Um it was a, something we did at the club in January and with all the players and staff just to get an idea and let people understand each other a little bit more. And yeah. what came out of some of those meetings was, was quite funny. Cause I'm, you know, if you look at my older brother, we are chalk and cheese. We're oh, very, yeah. very different. <laughs> Both played rugby and shared a bedroom for 15 years, but completely different people. And, and so one of the questions I, that was going through my head is why are we so different if we've right. grown up in exactly the same family, yeah. um, but we're so different. and. And you know, sort of the answer I've, I've searched and got was that to the closer you are in age with one of your siblings, the more different from a personality perspective you are, and right. that's just because the natural you find your own space in your own family, and if you're too samey, yeah, then you probably don't get the attention. Now, all this is subconscious, of course it is, because yeah. as a kid, you're you're not learning this, are you? You're just <laughs> making your I'm making it up, yeah. <laughs> um, but certainly, I I learned so much from my older brother um a lot of it was how to do things right but a lot of it was also actually if i just do what he's done um i'm going to end up with that outcome so let's learn yeah let's learn and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way to my brother at all because he was a great big brother but and still is but um as a kid growing up you you learn very very quickly don't you well or or you do
0: you know and i i I think that's what i'm really curious about is that you, you you you've Built in this mentality, have not you, around learning from your experiences? Uh, yeah, yes, we all do, but it's whether we act on them. I think, and you know, what's become really clear here is that you know you were quite conscious quite early on here, were not you, in terms of actually what's going on and how do I per- perform? How do I turn up? And w- when when did that kind of performance kind of mentality drip into you know the way you do things and you know your sport?
1: Um. <laughs> I've got a couple of sort of vivid memories as a kid from, from rugby. Um, and they probably, you know, laugh about it now because I ended up being a captain for most of my career. Right. Um, but it came from one day at Oral St. James in a Lancashire trial. I know, right. I know the day, you know, I can put myself back there tomorrow, uh, today. I can, I can be right there back now. Um, but and what that, was it about that day? So I had the year before. I mean, this is daft because it's under tens, this right? Yeah, no, no. It's under tens, but I, I played under nines and, and got picked for Lancashire. And back then they had a lot of rep rugby. Yeah. And um, I know there's a lot of debate whether rep rugby is right or wrong, but it absolutely were brilliant for me, Dave. Yeah. So we had a decent amateur side at Walterhead. We had four or five players picked in this Lancashire side, which is a combination of, at the time, Wigan, Warrington, St Helens, Widness, Lee. All players from around that northwest region. Yeah. And we, we go up to Hull for, uh, to play Yorkshire and Umberside and just mm-hmm. in, a, in a rep game, right? It's Sunday night. Yeah. And I'm picked on the bench. It'd be Monday, absolutely made up because little Kev is playing for Lancashire. <laughs> and I got on for about three minutes at the end. And I remember that coach journey on the way home thinking, if I've got to come up here next year, I'm not going to be any on the bench. And we're be playing. So the following year, we go for a Lancashire trial at Oral St James. And um, you're all broken up into players from different teams. So there's some you know, there's some you don't really know, some you know you've played against. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a year older and I'm a year better. And, and I look at my team that I've been placed in, I think um, we're going to get whooped here. So I've got to try and do something about it. And I thought, right, well, I've got to get the best out of all these around me. Because if they do their jobs right, I'm going to shine here today. Not, and this is this is at ten.
0: Ten. And amazing.
1: <laughs> so so I spent I spent the whole trial encouraging, talking, as well as trying to do my best with when I had the ball and in defence and yeah. defense stuff. <laughs> uh, but spent the whole time just talking to people, encouraging, patting them on the back. Um, get picked in this Lancashire team, following week get made captain. That was it. I kept in Lancashire for the next until I were until I, well, until time pro, until I left. Playing representative rugby under 16s, and then I moved to Leeds in the academy. And I think because you get when you get signed, you know, I'm a captain of a team, you get yeah. a captain of Lancashire, captain of England schoolboys, yeah. straight away you join the academy, you're thrown in, you're captain of the academy. And it were like, well, and and I mean this seriously, within three or four years, I'm captain of Leeds Rhinos, and yeah. do that for 13 years, you haven't been captain for England. And I'm thinking, How I wonder if that day <laughs> when I was 10 at Oral St. James. If that had been a different day, would my path have had been the same? Now, nobody will know, um, but I don't think it would. Bizarrely, I don't think it would have been the same.
0: Kev, that day when you were when you attended, you work that out, do you think? The, the fact that you needed to make a difference and you needed to encourage everybody, or did somebody help you begin to realise that you needed to become a captain or a leadership figure?
1: Um, no, I did that. I did that. Yeah. Um, Look, like I had a, had a brilliant upbringing. Two, like, really strong parents, yeah. really driven parents. But um, normal working class. Do you know what I mean? Dad was a, an electrician. Yeah. Uh, my mum had a different number of roles. You know, she was she was a cook at Oldham Hospital for a while, then she had a yeah. sort of a clerical role at Oldham Hospital, then moved into um, other secretarial bits and pieces. So. You know the, the just a, a normal upbringing for for a kid from Oldham. So yeah. I I couldn't tell you how or why.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I, I think having an older brother and older sister helps. I think you mature very quickly and you learn yeah. very quickly. I think you have to. Yeah. You know, being the youngest and and that certainly helped me. I'm also a September birthday. Okay. So yeah. Realise that. Um. You get a better start yeah. whether you like it or not. You do. You get a better start at school. And. Yeah. Uh, I always found. I was always comfortable in with people my own age group, but I was always really, really comfortable with people who are older as well.
0: Right, because you've also had that experience of being with older's, I guess, from the from yep. within the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, there was a flexibility there, weren't there, in terms of being able to adapt to the environment and the people around you. Yeah, but there's something also there for me in terms of a, a work ethic, isn't there? What's underpinned your your journey through sport? You know, what would be the key attributes do you think you bring to the work you do now and, and how you perform? Uh,
1: yeah, probably took me a while to be able to put me into words and say, this is what I stand for. But absolutely hard working, right at the top, being honest and yeah. having humility. They're the, they're the three I've sort of built my career around. Yeah. Um, so the, the hard work uh, probably stemmed from, I've spoken about this quite a bit, but I was fortunate enough to play for Oldham Schools Against Dewsbury and Bartlett, under 11s before a Challenge Cup final at the old Wembley. Yeah. And um, I remember being sat, sort of, I uh, played for Lancashire for a couple of years and I'm, I'm sat after we played out in Wembley, we won. And, and I'm sat watching Wigan v Castleford in this final, 1992. And I'm looking at and I'm looking on the crowd and thinking, well, there's 70,000 people here. Um, this could be a job, could it? So, sort of at that point, yeah, it's early, and it probably shows my maturity back then, but sort of think to myself right, well, um, it looks all right this to me, and if I can play rugby for a career, I'm gonna throw everything at it, and i still worked as hard as I could at school, and you know still made sure that I had a plan B, but from that moment, I thought, right, well, I'm not gonna have any excuses, and if I'm not good enough or I get injured or a coach do not pick me or it doesn't work out, I'll be able to live with myself because." I've had the courage to go i'm gonna absolutely go for this um so i suppose that was the, the big drive and I, and I knew that you know to be able to get anywhere i had to graft i'd seen that from my mum and dad yeah yeah um i knew you had to work hard so uh, that was probably inbuilt in me right yeah. from the start i had some wonderful sort of junior coaches Usually mate's dad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When you start out. (laughs) But we're uh, we're very, very fortunate. You know, he's he's still one of my good mates now, uh, Chris Huff. But his dad, Mick, coached us right the way through. Um, And probably saw the dedication he had to us. He was was a semi-pro player. He was a long-distance lorry driver. He'd drive up to Aberdeen most weekends, Saturday night. Get back Sunday, 7 in the morning, no sleep. And come and coach us as kids. So... I think you sort of understand and see that as well, and you go, well, yeah. if if somebody's willing to put that work in towards us as a group, and um, then I'll
0: we should repay, it. It. I'll repay we should it. Repay it. Yeah, and and it's amazing, isn't it? That sort of the, the people around us who influence us and what we learn from them, and you know what we pick up from them, and you know, I, I think in the the role you play now, and you know, myself in the world of sort of coaching people, development, it's it's so important those influences, and we learn good and bad things, don't we, from the people around us? So. You know, I think it's uh, recognizing, and I, and I guess I also parallel that with the job of being captain. You know, the role model that you set, and the the tone, and the character, and the um, the culture you, you set within the environments you you play.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got very lucky. I got so lucky in my time at Leeds because of the outstanding leaders that were around me. And if you get a group of people who are very similar in mindset, and who've all got a common goal. They all understand that they're going to have to work hard, and they all understand that they've got to go through a bit together before they're going to start getting some rewards for it as a group. Um, I think you have something really special, and and we had that. You know, I'll, I'll name a few now. Yeah. If you look at, if you start with some of the coaches I played under at Leeds, you know, Daryl Powell, yeah. uh, Tony Smith, Brian McClellan, yeah. Brian McDermott. Um, at the end, who's who's my absolute favourite? You know, um, and they did a wonderful job. Why would you say he was your absolute favourite at that point in time? What was
0: it that connected I, I, with you at
1: that time? I just think captain-coach relationship. We had yeah. a real strong friendship and trust. Um, I know that got uh, probably derailed a little bit during 2015, yeah. uh, during that rough period. But yeah. um, I think that's normal. I think that's normal yeah. that yeah. A most most players and a coach would have something that they disagreed on in, you know, somewhere along the path. And, you know, fundamentally, if he didn't think I were playing enough, playing well enough, and I thought I was playing well enough to be in the team, there's a difference of opinion. So I understand that as well. I was always able to put myself in someone else's shoes and get it. So yeah. coaches were wonderful. Um, but that relationship with him was was very strong and still is, which is great. Yeah. And then from sort of a player perspective and, and leader perspective, you know, I'm very lucky. In my sort of early years traveling over from Oldham to Leeds, we were with Barry McDermott, Yestin Harris. Right. Yestin was a captain at Leeds and, and Barry was nine years above me. He, was, he just became a, a big brother and a big protector, I suppose. But you're in and around players like, have a reel some names off, Adrian Morley, Francis Cummins. Um, we signed an Australian called Mark Glanville who had a huge impact on me. Um, Gary Mercer. And then as sort of the years... Uh, went on Jimmy Peacock, Danny Baderas, Jimmy Jones, who's my best mate, Danny Maguire, Rob Burrow, Keith Senior, um, Ali Lawatiti, Kyla Lulawai. Yeah. Um, I could keep going here. So someone's going to say, oh, you missed my name out. But honestly, yeah. that team was just full of outstanding leaders and outstanding people. And um,
0: when, you, when you say leaders and people, because what's really coming to me is that, you know, there's a lot of good people and they're all be different, weren't they? What is it that they're bringing
1: to you? Uh, well, I I, th- I think I mentioned it before in probably three of my values. If you like humility, so understanding that these players have so many strengths, yeah, and they are stronger than me in a lot of other areas. So having the humility to say, please step up, you get this bit, yeah. and I don't know, I need some
0: help here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 be able to share in it and understand that actually. This isn't um, this isn't gonna be a leadership where one bloke stands in front and is pointing a finger and yelling at people. This has got to be all of us in it together and understand that we all got a role to play. And I think um, if if you if you if you think of it like our basic vitamins and minerals that we all need, there's yeah. some we need more than more. Yeah. But there's bits that without elements of iron or vitamin yeah. D at the minute, we're not getting much of it. Have we? Um, So if you're missing those bits from your diet, your body doesn't perform like it should. So if you think of a team, you have all the full spread of vitamins and minerals. In the right percentages, um, you make sure that the team or the body works like it should. And and I always felt that that mix was really important. The young players coming through, the experienced players, and then how people were made to feel in the dressing room, the fun we had Um, off the field, how we operated. Um, how we celebrate it, things like that were were really, really important.
0: Kevin, you you mentioned a minute ago about, you know, some of the tough times as well, and that's been part of the journey, you know, and I I think it's not all a pill, is it? There's there's ups and downs throughout our careers, everybody's career, and I'm just conscious of those guys listening and being curious to, you know, when, when you did hit the tough times, how did you pull yourself out? How did you pull yourself through those things? What did you kind of, what attributes did you call on to help you manage those times?
1: Yeah, they're they're probably the bits that I'm most proud of. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, think about the trophies or the rings in particular, grand finals, and your international caps, you know, they're brilliant. absolutely some wonderful times. And the memories and friendships that you get from those have become far more important than, you know, bits of stuff that you can put on the wall or you stick in your safe or under your bed. Yeah. Um, So I do think the tough times were probably the bits that, yeah, you may have seen this last, this last three weeks because yeah. uh, I had the worst experience when I was 19, got left out of a Challenge Cup final, right? Uh, which, you know, recently we've had a couple of players who miss out on our Challenge yeah. Cup final with Leeds in 2020, young players who actually probably weren't even born when I yeah, when it when happened you to there. me. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that's how long ago you're talking. I don't understand that. What, you've been through it as well? Yeah, absolutely, I have. I know exactly what you're feeling. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. I know exactly how your family are yeah. because I've been there. Um, so that that at the time was the worst thing ever that happened to me, but yeah. the best thing as well. So yeah. dealing with that and learning from it at 19 yeah. and again, fueling the fire yeah. was a great experience. Very, very tough, but a great experience. And then, so my career's littered with them, Dave. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like losing finals, losing big games, not being picked for international squads. Yeah. Um, losing that World Cup semi-final in 2013 was absolutely horrendous, yeah. um, you know. And, and the criticism that comes from that is really, really tough. But I, I think you learn to live with it, and you understand that actually, there's, there's, it's sport, and and unfortunately, bad things happen in sport from time to time, and and you get tested, and and you have you have to do something about it, and um that comes an inner strength absolutely an inner strength to be able to say well um, you know, even even in the times if, if we go back there's there's poor experiences but then the criticism in particular yeah. you have a choice to make you can pull the covers over and lie there and, and hide away
0: yeah.
1: or you can try and do something about it and, yeah. and all my career I've, thought, I've had those moments absolutely where I've laid in my bed and pulled covers over yeah. but you learn very <laughs> quickly that that don't help and it just festers and makes it worse so you've got to front it up yeah. You've got to get out there and, and get on with your life because ultimately it's sport and you look at what we've done in the last few weeks in particular and yeah that in sport. That that's that's people's lives and families who have been ravaged by a terrible disease. And actually, when you put that into perspective, losing a cup final, of course it matters, but it doesn't matter to what they're going through. It's
0: a perspective, isn't there, of some sort. It's, it seems yeah. that it's brought a perspective to everything this last last few months.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, and let, let's move on to this last year. You know, I, I was recalling me and you were due to go for a coffee about a year ago. To this day, when when the uh, I don't know if you recall that at all, but when um, yeah. when the diagnosis for Rob came out, and you were you were in the car going up to meet with Doddy, weren't you? And yeah. and you know what a year it's been. How have you managed it? What has the year been like for you? Given that you know there has been some highs, and but clearly you know managing this whole um, personal thing going on for you. What's it been
1: like? Um, It's been very reflective. Um, I think the first few months um, were really, really tough to sort of understand what was going on with Rob and get your head around it. Yeah. Understand actually what it meant and yeah. the ramifications of it all. And um you do put yourself in his shoes okay, to yeah. try and understand. And you can't truly understand what he's going through. Of course you can't. But yeah. to try and have some understanding of what is going on there and his outlook and um, his friends, his family, his kids. Yeah. Trying to understand that was has been um, difficult. Um, and then I think very, very quickly, you know, like that car journey, myself and Rob had, then I remember it like I remember it for the rest of my life. Yeah. But there were some things we discussed there that really, uh, really gave me the drive to try and help. Now I know you obviously want to help him, eh? of course you do. But understanding um, what the future could look like for him, the short-term future, yeah. um, meant we needed to do it quickly. We couldn't sit on our hands and, and go, oh, "We'll give it a few months." and Nobody knew COVID were going to be going to, going to hit like it did in in March, April time. So yeah. the club were fantastic. That yeah. old team that we played with pulled together and said, "Right, let's yeah. let's move quickly. Let's put some stuff in place." You saw Jamie Jones share his testimonial game with Rob. Yeah, and we had that game against Bradford, which was incredible. The, you know, the Bradford lads paid for the tickets. You know, Bradford support was unbelievable. Yeah. The whole rugby league world yeah. supported Rob. Um, Sky Sports did a great job. Um, then we had the big gala dinner for him, where, you know, Gareth Southcates, uh, Josh Warrington's there, the Brownlee brothers, um, Will Greenwood, Kenny Logan, just some wonderful UK sporting stars, world stars yeah. uh, came out for Rob to support as well. So that happened very quickly. And then Rob went to the Super Bowl, yeah. which that old group of friends called in every favour we could to get him there. And it was one of those memories that we wanted to. Make sure he had. Yeah. And then COVID hit not long after that. So you then then trying to weave your way through with being a mate and raise money and awareness for him. But actually just be there for him as well. And and then you go through that, that patch where it was full lockdown and he wasn't in the vulnerable category, but should have been. So you understand that actually, although up until July, I wasn't, I wasn't tested because we went back into that elite environment. So up until that point, you'd never know because so many people are asymptomatic whether I can visit or not. So you don't visit. So it's, you're trying to communicate via phone, but his voice is going and it's text messages. And um, there's that that many people texting him that he's slow to get back, which you completely understand. He's trying to live his life as well. So um, it wasn't until sort of mid-July when we started to get tested again that I was comfortable going seeing him because I knew he was sort of, any, you know, you you could get it at any time, but at that time you got it yeah. you were COVID free. So, um, but then I suppose the challenges that came at work, like everybody else's face, But being in that elite environment, um, the protocol was changing weekly. Yeah. Uh, the standards were changing weekly. We were all having to change. Yeah. And be really flexible and agile with some of the decisions we made, and then the cuts came in, and juggling some of that, and. Yeah.
0: And Kev, how did you manage to give your attention to, to, to Rob and the work that you were doing outside of the, the, the day job, as it were, and also keep a focus on keeping the day job going? You know, it must have been a, a huge amount of weight on you.
1: Yeah, I think I got lucky because um Rob was still an employee, still is an employee at the club. So yeah. um actually part of my job is to make sure that staff are looked after and managed properly. So yeah. um you know, that was an extension of it. The club gave me the full support in all of this, you know, spending time with Rob and, and making sure that, that that bit was looked after. I was probably in a really fortunate role to be able to do both. Um yeah. Don't get me wrong, it was, of course it's demanded, but I think even if you just said, I'm working in sport, we all know how demanding working in sport is. You can't take your phone off. It's 24-7. Um, yes, there are some unbelievable highs with it, but actually day to day it's just a slog. So um and then you're balancing that with your own family. And you know, I've got two kids a sixteen and a twelve year old who were who have gone through lockdown themselves, who were back at school, my eldest chats in his GCSE year and all what comes with that. And you're trying to make sure um everybody's fit and healthy, mentally everybody's fit and healthy and you so i lockdown for sort of those weeks we were in it the first couple were brilliant because it just felt I could completely clean my head. I ran every day, kept me fit, spent a lot of time with the family. And we went back sort of July and it just it, you so know, I didn't hard. didn't take a breath because the games we were thick and fast every three or four days. And then it's still different protocol changing. Um everybody's on cuts. Yeah. And then the time that I just spent with my wife and my kids is completely ripped away. So you've gone from having all that time together to yeah. none. Again, What's so um, the same challenges that everybody's facing, Dave, do you know what I mean? I don't understand this. Just, it it will just, it's been a heavy year for everybody. It's been tough. It's been challenging. And um, we're still here smiling, aren't we? Yeah, we are.
0: I'm just curious though, Kevin, in terms of, again, what attributes do you think you've pulled on from your playing career
1: that's really helped you in this last year? Uh, probably the same. I'll go back to the same three. Working right. hard, yeah, being honest and having humility. Yeah, I, And I think what really helped throughout all of that was having some empathy, understanding right. actually. The, the cuts you know, had a huge impact right across the sport, right across society. They've, they've made an impact. People have lost jobs. Yeah. So having some empathy for people from a financial perspective. And then it's bigger than that. People's health you know, people are losing loved ones. Um, you've got that old vulnerable category of uh, people who need to be really looked after and um, almost locked in their house. But then what comes with that are the negatives of being locked in your house. So you know, I didn't see mum and dad for a, okay. a large chunk of the year um didn't see a lot of friends for a large chunk of the year because as soon as we go back in july you've got to make some decisions around the environment we're working in and making sure covid doesn't get in or doing your best so covid doesn't get in so i'd say the people you see and following government guidelines have have been really important for all of us so we probably had to be really strict um but mental toughness certainly come into it being able to stick on track and go we've just got to get this done and we've got to get the season finished and we've got to keep improving we've got to make sure that players still enjoy coming into work yeah um, but also be able to balance that with spending en- enough time at home which has been an, a really really difficult challenge
0: and you know and, uh, what i've noticed from your journey and you know uh, uh, and this is one of your greatest um attributes is you know you, you give people time you know, I, I'm curious about, you know, how do you give you time? You know, because you're, 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 you're giving a lot at the moment. And, and I'm just thinking, you know, how do you look after yourself?
1: Uh, exercise. Yeah. <laughs> exercise, if I'm, if I'm honest. That's the time when, you know, if I'm going for a run, I can leave my phone. Yeah. And I consciously didn't get uh, an watch that had, you know, the, the connectivity that you can have without your phone. So yeah. um, running certainly... An helps me, helps, yeah, it helps me clear my head. Um, walking as well. Spend a lot of time walking with my wife. Love watching the kids play sport, although yeah. that's been cut back a fair bit. Yeah. Um, but that's the time that I get for me. And, and, and it's like most things, we all get to choose, don't we? How we use our leisure time. Yeah. Um, more often than not, mine is based around trying to keep fit and healthy. But um, besides that, just probably typical to most people, like spending time with... People love and care care about yeah. uh, going for meals yeah. socializing so a lot of that has been ripped away from us especially if you think about where we are in oldham hmm. um we we were in the, you know we went in that deepest darkest lockdown yeah and then i think we've been out for three weeks of the worst sort of worst tier or the yeah. worst whatever so so from march till Well, now, till after Christmas now. Yeah. You know, everything's been shut around here. So life has been very, very different. So um, there are other parts of the country that I've had different things to deal with, but I reckon we're up there with some of the hardest hit throughout the last six or seven months.
0: Is there anything out of this last year or so that you would wish to take forward that you've really learned about yourself um, and your environment that you think actually would like to do more of this? So. Um
1: very much so the charity stuff. Yeah. I just think it's been so rewarding for all of us. You know, to forget the forget the money 'cause the money is sort of mind blowing. Yeah. And the and the support has been mind blowing. But actually the awareness we've generated and and I think sort of when you think about friendships, to be able to show Rob how much we care and respect and love him and that that's been a big drive in a lot of this. Um you know before we sort of set out with the m and d association and and on the back of Rob's diagnosis, I've done a lot for prostate cancer u k yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's something that's really close to me out as well so um being able to give some back um is certainly something i'll I'll continue to do yeah and try and help people uh, that that's that's the big thing that's that's come out of this mm-hmm. you know whether i whether I stay in sport whether I stay in rugby um in the future. I know where my career should be. I know it should be trying to help people. And I say this regularly when we discuss, actually, if I've not been a rugby player, what would what would I have done? I'd have loved to have been a doctor. And I think that stems from the right. fact of, well, one, I don't like, I don't mind blood and guts and um, <laughs> all that sort of stuff, but I actually quite like helping people. So, especially those who are less fortunate, Dave.
0: Wow. And in a funny way, you know, have you not been doing that most of your career anyway? I know you've been playing, but do you not feel enough sense that you've been helping people around you? You know, you, that captain role is about helping people. You've, there's always seems to me from, from throughout your story, there's a sense of helping gene in there. So you, the people around you and your colleagues and your players and everyone, is that's what you've been
1: doing, man? Well, yeah, I think subconsciously, yeah. I think I think when you're part of a team, you have to give some of yourself. Um, probably more than you get back, actually. So yeah. um, you have to be. But I think whilst you're playing, you 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 really you are conscious of probably more than I am now. But uh, the selfish nature of cause of performance, yeah, and understanding that if if I don't get myself right and I don't get myself into a position where I can perform on a weekend. I'm not doing the right thing for the team,
0: but how does that so, balance, Kev? How does that balance with that kind of sometimes, you know, doing the right thing by other people, but actually, you know, I'm really curious of that. Um, what are the attributes of a high performer that actually might get in the way of you being a top leader?
1: Yeah, I right? think it's a really, I think it's really finely balanced. That yeah. I think it's really finely balanced, and um, you know, I've seen a lot of people get it wrong. I've seen yeah. a lot of people absolutely get it right as well. So yeah. um, again you know, I've picked a lot lot of that up from from learning and throughout my career. Um, I think an understanding of that balance is really important and being able to read people, not necessarily just listening, but body language, facial expressions, they tell you exactly what they think of you. And and, um, I think I... At certain times, certainly whilst I were in that team environment,, um, you know, I, I, I'd never put myself before the team, never. Mm. Away from the team environment, um, I probably got some of that wrong at times, so um, albeit trying to do the right thing for the team, but it ended up being too detrimental to me. And I'll give you an example. So the last couple of years, um, my whole drive was i'm 34 35 wanted to make sure i'm the fittest in the team so when i should have been resting i was flogging myself and i got that wrong and that's what i look back on now and go well if i'd have done that a little bit differently would i have been as mentally fatigued as i were in at 34 35 because actually there's nothing wrong with my body at all I have been one of those who played till I was 37, and I don't regret it at all, Dave, because yeah. you, you <laughs> go on that other path. Do you know what I mean? But actually, there were some things that I probably should have done differently, and and they were around selfishly yeah. trying to make myself fitter so that I was better for the team. But it would it would detrimental to me. Amazing. Great
0: stuff. Well, Kev, I just want to ask you a few little bits around it the seven in seven. But before we go to that, is you know, you, you've mentioned about you uh, potentially becoming a doctor if you if you hadn't been a rugby player, um, you know, and being a, a helper. And a lot of that seems like you, you kind of knew that already, you know, that there's a real helping gene within you. Um, is there anything over this last year, though, that you, you've really found, uh, found out about yourself that's new, that you thought, God, I didn't know that about myself?
1: Um, probably more, yeah, I've I really missed holidays. Right. Um, I got asked this uh, the other <laughs> night. Actually, I really missed holidays. Really missed being able to switch off for a few days. Yeah. And I'm I'm not greedy. I don't want to be able to switch off for three weeks, but two or three days in a row where there's there's not an email or, um, you know, there's not a call with somebody with a huge issue, and I can just actually like, devote myself sure. to uh, Jen and the kids, and yes. and that's the bit we've missed. You know, like everybody this year, yeah. You know, We've booked holidays at different times and we've had little blocks yeah. where we thought we'll be able to because we're back to trying to fit them in, yeah, in and around the season again. Um, so th- they've all been taken away, and even recently we were going to go away, we're due to go away just after Christmas, and you know that got changed, and the flights got extended, so it meant we were coming back, and it meant I'd have missed the start pre season. And, and Jack, who's in his GCSE year, yeah, it's all right. misses three or four days of school, and you're like, well too much telling us not to go so let's just not bother and then you see everything that's on the news the last couple of days and you think well it might have been a blessing in disguise that that's been the big thing probably for us as a family because um when you look at uh when you have kids you probably get you know most people have one holiday a year let's say a big family holiday a year i know some people are very lucky and have two and three dave uh, like <laughs> yourself Oh, I wish, I wish. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know you're saying. Um, but, if, but if you think you only have one big family holiday a year, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, there comes a point where your kids don't want to go away with you. So whether that's, yeah. you know, 17 or 18, if you're lucky, you know, yeah. some get a little bit more than that, of course yeah. to do. Um, but for some, it might be 14, 15, where Absolutely. actually you're uncool from and they don't want to go away with mum and yeah. dad. So when you balance that out and you think, well, we, we probably don't have many left
0: yeah. as a yeah. family.
1: And yeah. and so given the fact that your relationship change we changes with your kids as kids. they get older anyway. And yeah. um yeah, that that's certainly something I have missed yeah. and and actually getting some some downtime where yes, I will still go and exercise day, of course I will. Yeah. But actually with not a care in the world, being able to sit and enjoy yeah. the family in the Sony's.
0: Well, and this, and this last year, it's been compounded, hasn't it? Well, for me, it has in terms of actually you, you really begin to realise what you value, you know, when it has been taken away for you. Often you don't realise that until you've, you've not got it or you can't have it. You know, and I think we, there's certain things, you know, even human connection, stuff like that, you know, you're starting to realise that when you can't see people, you, you, you know, you begin to realise what you start taking for granted, don't you? And then putting a greater value on it. So I think it's a really, really great point. Kevin, you mentioned there about, you know, the importance of your family and spending time with them. A cheeky question, really, is in terms of actually, you know, how do you relay a lot of this sort of stuff and what do your, your kids and your family think about what you're doing? And You know, what, what what values, what characteristics do you kind of impart on them through what you're doing, do you think?
1: I don't, I don't know, Dave. It's probably a question for, um, you probably should ask them. But yeah. um, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, do you know, like everybody else, I get a lot of stuff wrong. But I'd like to think um, I'm the first to say I'm sorry. Or Yeah, you know that 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 weren't good. I'm not happy with it. Um, certainly through. I think I think what I found was when you finish playing, you have all these unbelievable memories that you share. And there's a lot of people who are proud of you. So certainly mum and dad and, and yeah. you know I have this debate quite a bit with Jane about. Um, she don't feel proud of me, she's proud of the kids, but actually she, mm-hmm. she thinks very differently of me and, and what we've done. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that is because of the time she has invested in it as well. So it's almost a shared investment. Um yeah. but it it yeah, it becomes it becomes very different. And um, yeah. I think certainly the last month, if you if you think about what what we've been able to do. So, sort of as a family, the support that the three of them have given me yeah. has been as good as any time as when I were playing. Um mm. so in many ways it it's taken me back there, but they're all five years older. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all sort of but understand
0: They get it a what, bit more, kind of stuff. yeah. They <laughs>
1: under, yeah, understand the why why you're doing oh, right. it and understand they get it. They get it. So um yeah the support arm has been incredible oh it's it, what, what a
0: great story and
1: um bringing us
0: up to sort of up to the last month or so you know what you've obviously there's been a lot of press and a lot of great attention towards you, you know the work for mnda um what's been your highlight kev over the last um week or t- you know last month let's say over the last month what's been your highlight uh,
1: oof, good question. Probably, uh, I I enjoyed all the seven days. I really mm-hmm. did. They brought different challenges. Day six was horrendous, a uh, really tough day. But what I still was what was t-
0: what, what, what was tough about it? Okay. Uh,
1: well, I, I was just going to get onto my highlight. Then we saw Rob on okay. day five. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So so Rob was sort of we bumped into him near the mural in Leeds on our first loop. Complete surprise. He was trying to dodge right. a bus, and he was there. <laughs> And he was there. Amazing. Um, So that that were incredible to see him. But when we finished, he was at the finish line. Yeah. So to get to... There was a lot of other people there as well. So um, once they started to float away, just to be able to have a couple of minutes, um, chatting to him and give him a cuddle and spend a bit of time with him. So up until that point, you know, I'm not sitting for a couple of weeks and uh, to really for some of the guys who were taking part in the challenge you had not met rob before it was really important for them as well right you know yeah. and all of us got emotionally it was tough but all got a glow about us all come away thinking you it's know we about, at that yeah. time the support was immense the donations are flying up um and the whole response has been incredible but actually to to know why we had that number seven on the back of our shirts to know yeah why i sent him a, a text and they all come back you're crazy but yeah I'm in I'm in <laughs> um, w- was brilliant so so that moment but, but what that did that that kicked on into the following day I got home day five and Jane said to me you look absolutely knackered you look sh- absolutely shot um, and up until that point you know, I, I I felt alright um, you know, there were bits in my body that were giving me a bit of stick but nothing yeah. where I thought oh, I can't do this and, and, I, and I didn't think that all the way through but so I woke up day six, and we were back in Leeds, and I had no sleep uh, for about the sixth night in a row. Um, tired. It's you get out of bed at half four. Um, same routine, same breakfast. Um, jump in the car and over to Leeds. Quite a quiet journey that one, the quietest one we had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and then it was absolutely bucketing it down get out the car, start to get undressed again, get ready to go again. And, um, I just think emotionally day five had taken a lot out of us. And yeah. Sort of, we were that close to touching it. We were day six. We we knew we had the same route to do in Leeds. We were a massive ill in there. Yeah. Uh, after 37k, thankfully we changed the route actually, but we was imagine? a massive ill in there, which we weren't looking forward to. Um, but, it was one of those, we just needed to get it done. And Jamie Jones ran with us that day, who's, as I've already mentioned, my best mate. Right, so yeah. to have him there um, was brilliant. And you don't understand, until you're in something like that, those friendships matter so much because yeah. the little chit-chat you have just take the time away. Yeah. But also the people we saw on the route, there were a lot of people from the club supporting us. Yeah. And then some, some fans came out um, on Kirkstall Road the firemen lined lined yeah. out but on both loops, which were which were brilliant. So those little facial interactions where people just throw yeah. you a smile. Yeah. Although they didn't get much back from me. get yeah. spurs you um, on a bit. Actually, actually yeah. energized us and and all through day six we we're getting updates on where the fund was. Um but yeah, it was the toughest one. From the minute I took my first step out of Headingley, my hip were killing me. Right. So as well. So all the others, I you know, I had little bits of niggles throughout, but never from the start, never from the first step.
0: Kev, but, do you have a message to yourself that gets you through those painful parts? You know, when the when the hip's killing and you've got you know miles ahead of you. You
1: know, what do you say to yourself? Um, Well, we're not turning back because there right. was that much money in that pot. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to consider any alternatives. Yeah, I'm still adamant, like. You know still trying to get us just to slow down a bit and be a bit better with time, be a bit more disciplined with yeah. it because it weren't, you know, we didn't get any medals for coming in at 330 or 335. Yeah. Um, nor did we get any medals for coming in at 401. We just yeah. had to be under four. Yeah. So yeah, just just telling myself that I, I never once thought about quitting. Never yeah. once. Yeah. It never even entered my head. I never got to the point where I was in that much pain that I thought I just have to stop. I just I were never there. And that was being buoyed by the support. Um the team I had with me were brilliant, who we recognized at times when they were a little bit flat and they just picked me up. Big they started up, yeah. to sing and tell a joke and just a little banter. Yeah. Which was brilliant. But um yeah, it was I'm trying I'm trying to think the most you know, there were times throughout every, every day where I'd choke up. I had no idea why. Now obviously when I'd seen Rob at the mural on day yeah. five, I choked up just after that. So yeah. I understand that one, but some of the others. It's I don't have a you. clue why I chalked up. Just your body, just letting you know, I suppose, how much you cared about what you were doing. And um, the toughest part of the the whole challenge would have been the training. Right. And when I say the training, not not the week after week, because we only put, we put it together six weeks before we did it. Right. Um, but a month before we started, I did three and three as a practice. Um, someone had sort of planted the seed. A mate of mine had done uh, the 10 in 10 at Brathay. yeah I just planted the seed and said there's this guy who's done 10 10 in 10s he recommends that you run a 3 in 3 in prep for the Brathea stuff so I just oh you're crazy I'm not doing 3 in 3 if I'm going to run 3 I might as well run 7 was short of my response and then right. I slept on it <laughs> yeah I slept on it a couple of nights and then everybody thought we're mad and I, and I said I'm, I'm going to have a go at it so the hardest bit of that were day two. So the first real time that you back up yeah. after a marathon. Yeah. You know, you're setting out, you're sore, you're tired. Yeah. It's end of October, it's freezing here, it's cold, it's wet. You're setting off in the in the dark, it's seven in the morning, and there's all that question, what we I yeah. doing, why. Yeah. This doesn't matter what you're doing it for. It matters in a month, it doesn't matter now. Um, so to actually get so psychologically that, it's even yeah, harder that one yeah yeah, yeah. to get through that um, day two in particular and I weren't there for long it was only talking maybe a couple of minutes spell where um, you know you start to question some bits but very very quickly snapped out of it and found myself at the bottom of an hill and found a burst of energy and got to the top and like right well we're on here we're just going to get it done and that was the best thing I did to be able to do three and three was yeah you know after that although i was sore and tired in my own mind i knew when it came to it we would do it
0: and you you used that phrase you know that earlier on about the kind of i think it was on day five or six it's like the semi-final kind of stuff and you can see the end point you know you've you've now done the 7 haven't you and you know is that the cup final or you know how do you go again you know what what how do you set yourself up to go again And, and will you go again and what will you do if you go again
1: yeah we'll go again yeah we'll go again i th- I just think the, the I don't think we'll raise as much money next time you know, we we might not get anywhere near it but yeah um adding yeah. to awareness way. yeah the awareness has been incredible that we've created yeah. um but then selfishly uh the challenge it gave me to be back in a team to be with some really close mates and create not create its the wrong word um to enhance some friendships that were already in place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, next time we get to meet up, which we can't, you know, we're not even able to celebrate it. So yeah, the yeah, Next yeah. time we're able to, and we can celebrate it, be able to go. You know, we we did something good there, which which is is pretty unreal. So there has still been some. There's been some flickerings almost straight away. What's next? Yeah. Um, and I think you know I've got some ideas myself. Um, but we won't be running seven marathons again. I can tell you that. yeah <laughs> that's a w- once in a lifetime, that Dave. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that: Is it because it was so hard, or is it
0: because you would just want to do something different?
1: Yeah, because I wanted to do something different. I'd do it yeah. again. I'd do it tomorrow. Yeah. If, you know, if, if someone had stumped up a decent amount of money now for for Rob and the M and D Association, yeah. don't you know, I'd, I'd get out there now. Oh, in fact, I'd go now. Yeah. Um So it. You know, I will run marathons again. Yeah, don't like you know. the The plan was to always run two. A, was to try and run two a year for as long as I can for different charities and keep okay, wow. myself fit and give myself challenges, which I've done ever since yeah. I finished playing. Um This year was a very different year, and I've I've run thirty marathons this year. Have you? <laughs> whereas yeah. the plan was always to run two, so I don't think I'll be allowed probably the the time which lockdown give me to run a lot. Um, I also understand that we need some family holidays when we can. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but there'll certainly be, yeah, you know, there'll, there'll certainly be two marathons next year, and I think at this stage it'll be a for the M and D Association. It's still like to do some bits for Prostate Cancer UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if it was something over, I think the seven in seven is certainly a theme that we will run with. It's it's yeah. long enough for us to have a brilliant time together.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but not too sure that it's gone like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's just, so, there's sufficient challenge in there. There needs to be a challenge for you, doesn't it? Because it's, yeah. you know, that's what gets you going, isn't it? It needs yeah. to be a stretch by the sounds of it.
1: Do you know, if, if we if, if we can't think of anything good enough or that would grab people's attention enough, um, do you know, if, if we said we'd go for it again, but our average time had to be quicker, that'd be something. I'd certainly be up for. Yeah. Um, But I think it—you know the reason we put four hours on it was we didn't think we'd grab people's attention if we just went for a stroll and we got seven done. Yeah, brilliant. But without a time restriction, I, I don't think it would have quite cut. It certainly wouldn't for me. And well. <laughs> the team we had thought were crazy. Just thought, you know, you, you're bonkers. But um, they fully understand now why.
0: Well, you certainly did it. And you did it with a huge amount of grace and poise and humility you know the words that you used here hard work humility shone through didn't they very very clear kevin you know it's just been amazing just hearing the story back and also hearing a little bit about your journey to the importance of the people in in your environment your parents you know your teammates you know listing them as long as you're around there weren't you there's so many people that have had a massive impact on you um you know it's just incredible being part of this little story and i just wish you well for whatever comes next and i'm really excited already I, I don't want to ask you what it is i'm just looking forward to hearing out what it is because i think it, um you really have captured um certainly my imagination but you know millions of people's imaginations it's ripped clear from the people even i speak to and i've heard from and a lot of people are, are right behind you so uh, congratulations and and I, I hope you hear that because it's you've got such a humble nature um and you know i've, I've desperately tried hard to try and find out more about you and you're so very good in making sure that it's a, a team effort here and, and i recognize that because that's one of your key skills here isn't it is that actually you don't do things on your own you do things with people you know and, and, and i absolutely recognize that so you know th- thanks ever so much if, if people do want to find out a little bit more about what you do next how might they be able to do that kev
1: yeah just just thanks dave for really kind words um and thank you to anybody who's sent a message of support, who has um, helped create the awareness that we've got, who's donated in some small way. I can't thank people enough, and no, all the donations are still kicking over, which is unbelievable. But um, I, th- I think where I was really lucky in some of this is Phil Daly, Leeds yeah. Rhinos, ma- media manager, who is a real good friend of mine. You know, He's been there as long as I have at the club. So <laughs> right. a real good friend of Rob's, was yeah. right front and centre in, in sort of the challenge we did. And without him, I have no doubt the funds and the awareness wouldn't have been created. So um, what Phil has been outstanding at is letting people know where we are, how we're getting on, um, how things are ticking over. And I think certainly it'll come through the club because the club actually are as, are as deep in this as as the rest of those players because Rob was one of our legends and um, we want to do him proud. Yeah.
0: Well, and on that note, you you, you spark off, you know, the the power of sport in this because, you know, I know you've talked a lot about the Rhinos and how they've been a central part to this, but it's really galvanised the whole of not just rugby league, actually, a lot of people from around the sporting landscape. And, you know, it it plays to the work that I'm really keen to do. And, you know, you sharing your story really absolutely puts front and central the power of sport, you know, and, and probably my last, my very last question, and I'm going to ask you this, is has your... Has your view changed, Kev, on on performance sports, You know, given the year that you've had, you know, and the role that you've played, we talked something about perspective, and I just wonder, you know, how does it sit now?
1: Uh, yeah, I I think certainly be guilty of this myself. I think we wrap so much around athletes, um, and looking for the smallest of gains. You know, you've seen it with Dave Brailsford, the marginal gain stuff, but actually the big elephant in the room is the person and we spend a bit more time helping the person. I think those marginal games become absolutely minute and negligible and actually we have a better chance of of affecting performance. So mm. that'd be my big take home from from this year and, and certainly um, understanding that people respond differently to different types of adversity and, and being able to, trying to harness it and, and still get the best out of them has been really important too.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let's end on that note because, uh, you know, the, the quote which is next to the mural of, of Rob there in terms of, you know, in a world full of adversity, we must dare to dream and you know, and I think what you really epitomised throughout this year and um, your career is actually about the importance of dreaming. So whether you're dreaming through playing sport and having those aspirations to do what you do, but also daring to dream in, in raising money and, and doing good things for, for MND or for whoever, you know, let's 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 leave with that positive thought. Hey,
1: brilliant! Thanks, Dave.
0: Kev, thanks ever so much. L- look after yourself. Uh, keep in touch, and you know, we're right behind you, mate.
1: Brilliant! Thank you. Take care.
0: Cheers. I must say, I feel really honoured to have spent an hour or so talking with Kev about not only the recent marathons and the great fundraising he has done for MND, but also exploring some of his key influences, some of the highs and lows and also the role his family plays in supporting him be the best version of himself. Now, if there was anybody who truly lived to the notion of challenging themselves, their mind and body to see what it can do, then Kev is that person. I was drawn to his three principles of hard work, humility, and honesty, and my experience of him, that these are not just words that are spoken, they are very much lived. I also had a real sense of determination and purposefulness in what he does and how he talked about it. Kev also mentioned that it has been a reflective year for him and true to form, he hasn't failed in making me reflect on the role I play at work, the importance of friendships and friends and family and crucially, how I turn up in the world. He also reaffirmed for me the role sport can play helping both individuals, families, as well as communities. The Leeds Rhinos team, he and Rob Burrow were a part of clearly came together through the sport but their relationships are more than that. The sport was the conduit that brought the people together. They had success, experienced failures, but along the way had many laughs and really looked after each other. What has been amazing to see is how, when needed, the sporting rivalries could be put aside with a clear goal of making a difference to an individual suffering from a cruel disease. As Rob said, which I love, in a world of adversity we must dare to dream. Kevin's recent challenge and exploits during a particularly difficult time in history for me showed there is hope and it's worth dreaming, dreaming big. So with that in mind, and in my attempt to help you on your way to dreaming big, here are a few questions you may wish to consider. What are the key principles you live your life by? And secondly, Kevin said friendships matter. What are the quality and depth of your friendships? Who would do a seven in seven challenge for you? And secondly, who would you do a challenge for and why? There were so many reflections and questions that came up for me These are just two of them. Now, dare to dream and continuing making a difference, then we all need to take responsibility and action. This can be a win-win situation and you can gain as well as give and possibly experience the satisfaction and joy Kev has felt over the past month or so, even whilst a real great friend is so unwell. On that note, if you'd like to donate to MND, then have a look at the show notes for Kev's Just Giving page. The funds raised are in in excess of 2.6 million already, and I'm sure the Sports Stories community of listeners can play a part in increasing that amount further. If you are keen to follow further events or even understand more about the great work Kevin and Leeds Rhinos are doing, then take a look at their website and social media. And lastly, I want to bring us all back to the idea that we need to look after ourselves first and foremost in order to be able to help others take some time to reflect on the podcast, possibly listen to some of the previous stories and take some time to plan for the future. As you may now be aware, at Sports Stories, we are keen to continue offering inspiration, education and transformation. We will continue to provide great learning resources and content at the Sports Stories Academy and can provide you with tailored coaching and mentoring support to help you become the best versions more often and with great skill. In order to find out more, take a look at the new Sports Stories website at www.sportstories247.com. Please also tell your friends about Sports Stories, consider subscribing, and lastly, please share a review. These are both really helpful and guide individuals that can also gain value and benefit from our content. It now just leaves me to say thanks again to Kev, thanks to you, the listener, and I really look forward to you joining me for another amazing Sports Stories episode next week with Kath Bishop, author of The Long Win and also former Olympic rower and diplomat. So from me, Dave Levine, have a great week, dare to dream, look after yourself and I'll see you soon.